0: All right, you're now tuned in to the follow through with Clips and Drew, the true players podcast, episode 203. I was in Las Vegas for the summer pro league. We are going to tell you who's NBA ready and who is not. Top Shot was in the building as well, and I'm going to give you my top moment of my whole trip. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. Drew, kick that intro music. What up, podcast world? What's up, everybody? You know what it is. You know where you're at it is the follow through with Clips and Drew, the True Players Podcast, episode 203. We are back from our respective vacations. Drew was <laughs> in uh, the Northeast coast at a, at a wedding. Yeah,
1: New England, uh, baby. New England. How was it? I saw you were posting some fun pictures. Yeah. First and foremost, the funniest part of this is leaving San Diego Airport and going to. We flew to Boston. And then we had to drive from Boston to, to Vermont. So it was a lot of travel. But going out on this plane, all these people on this, on this fucking plane from San Diego to Boston, like 50% or more, were going to see new kids on the block at Fenway Park. No way. And I am not fucking with you. This is 100% real. The two women sitting to, in my row to my right, well, Casey and I didn't get to sit together because the flight was so goddamn full. The two women to my right have jean jackets from like 1994, with like the pin, the pins on the back, and there's the New Kids on the Block jean jacket, and they're wearing them, sitting next to me, and all they're talking about is how excited they are to go see New Kids on the Block at Fenway.
0: First of all, Drew, it's NKOTB. That's that's what they're referred to as, yep. and it's probably earlier than 94. That was elementary school for me, so it was probably a little earlier than 94.
1: Okay, there's a there. I see that that I'm I'm thankful that I didn't have to listen to Donnie Wahlberg, um, but I I I missed that. That was like I was just too young for New Kids on the Block. You didn't miss much, Drew. uh, So that was the weirdest part, right? I'm like, what the hell is happening? Why are so many people from San Diego flying into Boston for this? This concert. Grown
0: women and, too, right? They had to be grown, grown.
1: Yeah, right? at least in their in their late 40s. Uh-huh. Or, 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 I would say early 40s, at least early 40s. Mm-hmm. And th- you know, they were just so pumped. <laughs> and then at, you know, as people are getting off the plane, I'm seeing more and more people. Anyway, so Boston Airport is cool because as soon as you leave, you know, and we were heading west. We stayed in uh, Weston, Massachusetts for our first night there, uh, which is just like you know, 15, 20 minutes outside of Boston, maybe 30 minutes if it's traffic. But as soon as you leave the airport, it's like, boom, Fenway Park.
0: Mm-hmm. And then
1: you get a little bit outside of that. And it's like, oh, there's the Bruins and there's the TD Ameritrade Center where, where the Celtics play. And I was like, damn, that was awesome. And then, and then we're, we're out. But once you know, we spent the night at Westin, in Weston and then we drove from Weston to Manchester, Vermont, which is where the wedding was being held. So we literally had to drive through the entire state of Massachusetts and up into Vermont. And it is, it's a whole nother world up there, man. It is, it's crazy how immediately rural mm-hmm. it gets. Uh, but the other thing is like how historic these places are all founded in the 1700s. And, you know, it's, some of them look like they were founded in the 1700s and they haven't been renovated in a few centuries, but man, I got to tell you, dude, like the trees, the rivers and the lakes and shit that we drove through, it was pretty awesome. And then I just, a big shout out to Manchester, Vermont. What a little gem it was, dude. We we pulled up in this air. And it, I keep saying Airbnb. We pulled up into this B and B, the actual bed and breakfast. And across the street, there's like this craft bar, like craft beer place with like nice eats. And then across the street, the other way is like the dive bar, Mulligans, which is, I mean, I said it on Instagram. But if your bar is named Mulligans somewhere, Drew's on there. The skirt, D- Drew is going. I'm probably gonna enjoy myself. And that's exactly what I did at this Mulligan's. Uh, but we, we just had a blast, man. It was a really cool small town. I can't imagine what it would be like in winter. Uh, I, I do think it's one of those towns where when, when winter comes, you're, just, you're, you're not pulling out your, your car, you're pulling out the snowmobile. But uh, one fun surprise was in this tiny town, they had a pinball museum. Oh, nice. Literally, you walk in there, you, you, you pay for, you know, whatever, 30 minutes, an hour, however long you want to play. And you just, you get in there and there's all these pinball things. And I found the oldest pinball game that I've ever seen in my life, 1947 pinball and i was able to play it and that was cool it was it was terrible it's not it was very very bad in comparison to like the indiana jones like 1980s right pinball machine but it was just like pretty fucking cool and then the last thing was can
0: you play them too
1: yeah yeah you play you can play all of them i mean Mm -hmm. i think a couple of the older ones were uh like in service or what you know whatever it is Mm -hmm. they're they gotta get fixed uh but upstairs they had this one game that was not pinball; it was basketball related. It was made. It was made in 1949, and it was called. It's called Block a Shot, and it it's just two on two. It's all facing you. It's all made out of wood. And what you do is there's a little ball, kind of looks like a foosball, drops in the middle, and two guys, like the, my guy and the and the opposing person's guy, have their hands out and they both catch it. And so you have to push one of the balls underneath to make your arm lift, try and shoot the ball. It was, it was a lot of fun for about 45 seconds.
0: A lot of ball cupping. It sounds like a lot of, a
1: lot of, (laughs) a lot of ball cupping. You're absolutely right. Hands were permanently cupped (laughs) in that game. Uh, But that was, that was a gem and I just, yeah. And shout out to everybody that was there. I, I, you know, this is, this is a core group of friends that uh, goes back for, for my fiance's college days and they're all just great people. We had a great time. We're very happy that we made it out there, but, it was a, it was quite a journey. And so and on the way back, we actually drove through Vermont and New Hampshire and then down into Massachusetts. So I got to check New Hampshire off my list, which is nice because I had never been to New Hampshire. And, uh, you know, I don't know if I'll ever, <laughs> ever need to go back. But it was really cool driving through New England like that. And it, the funny part for me was that, like, in California, when you drive two, three, three and a half hours, you're still in fucking California. <laughs> But when you do that, in New England, you pass through fucking three or four different states, and it was it's pretty it's pretty amazing how tight everything is there. Uh, but you know what? We got some great weather. Uh, it was a cool experience, and I had a blast. But I did miss out on your summer league trip, so I want to hear how did that go for you?
0: Summer league was awesome, man. You know, shout out to Basketball News for putting it on for us. Uh, I had such a great time there was so much basketball going on we finally got to meet our colleagues that we've been doing live streams with and talking to but we haven't because of COVID haven't been able to meet Uh, so we finally got the whole crew together and it was just a blast man summer league again I used to ball boy it back in the day and it used to be very like casual and like you know you could sit like right next to the players nowadays they they make it a, a like an event now and well, it's there funny. used to be
1: a lot of other summer leagues too right like back in the back when, there was like the, the long beach one they had there was orlando vegas Florida. utah like Boston all of Austin had one mm-hmm. and this one is just like so they have the
0: Thomas and Mac Center, which is where UNLV plays. And then they have Cox Pavilion, which is where the girls play. And they're attached together. So the games are going on all day long. You can go back and forth. You know, you buy your ticket for the day and you can go see every game. And there's one game every hour. I preferred to be in the Thomas and Mac, the bigger arena, because there's more seating. You can have some room. And, and look, I am a masker, okay? I, I'm all for wearing the mask. Everywhere in Vegas, you have to. I was so over it. But oh. I mean, you, you have to have it on while you're in the arena. You, you know, every hotel, when you're walking through the hotel, you have to have it on. If you're gambling, if you're walking on the street, like you have to. And it, it was just getting so annoying that it was a point where like, I just wanted to leave some days and go back to the hotel room and take it. It's like, I, I imagine that's how women feel like taking off their bra every day. You know, <laughs> it's got to feel that because that's how good it felt. But the, the cool thing about Summer League is everybody's there. Like literally everybody and you see everybody like you're walking in. And again, we were staying at Park GM, which is attached to Aria. And all a lot of the players are staying at Aria. So like you'll just be walking in the lobby and like, oh, shit, there's DeMar DeRozan. Oh, wow. There's uh, Adam Silver. There's Kawhi PG like uh, t- Halliburton was everywhere. I saw him everywhere. The guy that popped up like Candyman everywhere I went was Bull Bull. I swear to God, dude. Take, <laughs> uh, he
1: stands out in a crowd
0: hundred percent, but like getting in the elevator, bowl, bowl. I'm down getting lunch at the chicken shop, at the chicken shop, bowl, bowl. Every time I turn around, bowl, bowl. That's it.
1: And, well, summer league, this is the big one for, for him in summer league. He knows he, this is his time. This is he's his the time summer league shop. MJ.
0: He's the summer <laughs> league MJ. Um, it's just funny because you see everyone, and I have a funny story for you that I didn't get to tell you. Like uh, I stayed all day on Tuesday, you know, wanted to see the Clipper game, which we'll talk about and uh, some players we saw, but like, Everybody almost left at the same time, right? And so like everybody's leaving the arena and you kind of go out the same way. And you know how I feel about grown men wearing jerseys? Like I'm not, I hate when people do that. Like if you wear, you know, if you're over the age of like seriously 20, please don't, just don't wear the jerseys, okay? Wear a t-shirt to support your, your fandom and whatnot. But like 45 year olds shouldn't be wearing Luka Doncic jerseys. I'm sorry. It's just something that bugs me. I'm sorry for everybody that wears jerseys out. Just my own personal opinion. But we're all leaving, right? And there's this dude next to me in all Laker gear. Like, literally, Laker shorts, Laker shirt. It's a kid, right? And got the shoes on. I'm thinking this kid's probably 14, 15. And I'm like, ah, that's cute, you know? Turns out it's freaking Mac McClung, right? Is literally in all of his Laker gear. Yes. Walking out. Like, he just got off of the court. And it's Mac right next to me. And I'm, I look at our CEO Scott and I'm like, holy shit, he is tiny, dude. Yeah, okay. he's small. And Drew, I'm not bullshitting when I say tiny. Like, I'm, he was the same height as me. Um, I mean, obviously, Mac McClung is a, is a boss and can, and he could play, but I looked at him and I'm like, damn, he is
1: tiny, bro. It makes it makes what he does a little bit more impressive. I think when you does, see a person like that,
0: it does. But then also watching him play like the attacking the rim and like, it's a lot harder in summer league against these, these big pros. Like he had a really difficult time. I know he had a couple good plays uh, in the first game, but man, he, he turned the ball over a lot, just trying to get to the rack. It's going to be a struggle for him. I think uh, making it to the next level, but just, just, you know, everywhere you go, you see somebody and it's hard, you know, I'm really good at, uh faces and knowing players even with the masks on like i'm like i know who that is and here's a funny story you know the clipper i always talk about harold ellis i brought him up old school clipper i I forgot who i compared him to right um but harold ellis i bring up on the show a lot because he spent a lot of time on the ground this guy just was (laughs) who was the one we were talking about Uh,
1: it was either like jay crowder or uh yeah, I remember you bringing him up because it was about somebody who was on the ground a lot. <laughs> and so on and I the, can't remember who it was.
0: On Wednesday, I get back to the arena and I'm just, I'm, it, that was the day that was Cade versus Jalen, which we're going to talk about here in a second. And I sit down and there's there's scouts everywhere and there's there's a scout sitting right in front of me and I see his profile and I'm like dude this guy looks so freaking familiar to me I know it I know it and then he stood up to let somebody in the row and I saw his his badge and it's freaking Harold Ellis dude Uh. and I'm like it was so random because I'm like Harold and he turned around like how the hell do you know me like nobody (laughs) knows who Harold Ellis is right and I'm like Harold Ellis he's like he looks at me like I'm the police or something he's like yeah And I said, oh, what's up, man? I'm sorry, dude. I I was a ball boy for the Clippers. I just remember you hooping on the team. He said, what's up? And like he was just shocked that I actually knew who the hell he was, right? (laughs) Um, But anyways, really good basketball. Uh, Vegas made it like, I know you got to sell tickets. And, And again, the cool thing about Summer League is, it's basketball going on right now. There's not a lot going on in sports right now. I, I, a lot of people from out of town came down. I've met a lot of people from Boston or not Boston from, uh, from Portland, from, you know, Oakland that were coming down to watch their favorite team. See, see the warriors. And again, like if, if you're coming from Oakland to come watch the warriors play, and then you see Draymond walk in and Steph walk in, who are all there every single teams OGs were there minus the Lakers I didn't see one OG from the Lakers come to watch any of them play and that's not me taking a shot at you I'm saying like uh, I saw you know everybody like the the whole Clipper squad was there Uh, uh Kawhi PG Terrence Mann Luke Reggie they were all there supporting again DeMar DeRozan's there uh Steph and and Dre and like it was just it was a really good time but Vegas, like billboards everywhere. Cade versus Jalen. And like, look, man, summer league is a trip because it's not that good. Okay. Like it's really not that good. It's fun to see the young talent, but there's a huge disparity. You and I were talking about this before we even hopped on the air. Like there's some dudes that, you know, are just really trying to make a G league team or overseas. And look, unless you're under contract by your, by your team. You're not getting paid for this. This is all a showcase. Dudes got to put up their own money to come to these things and to try to get a deal. That's why, you know, there's scouts in every one of these games. Most of the people there are scouts. Um, but like you look at some of the players and you're like, dude, you're you're just have no shot at making the NBA. But yep. then you but then you see the huge disparity of like even the second the second year players versus these summer league guys, they are just so much better. Like watching Emmanuel quickly play against these other dudes. You're like, wow, this kid is fucking good. Right. So uh, there is a benefit. Obviously, if you're, if you're an NBA player, you're a second, third year guy that doesn't get much burn, you should be on the summer league team and just get some run, you know, but there were a lot of players that stood out to me, Drew. And and I, I know you got to watch some of them, um, the first dude that stood out to me the most and I got to watch him the most was Davion Mitchell. That's the first dude where I just kept saying to myself and shout out to combo too, from combos court. He got, he spent a lot of time uh, with me as well. And we just kept looking at each other like, yo, this kid's motor is good. And just the, his whole energy on the court is good. Sacramento got a really good player um, in Davion. And I think he is a little tiny, you know, he's a little smaller, but I loved everything about him. Did you get a chance to watch him?
1: Uh, yeah, I watched him. That was he, the first game that I watched of Summer League at all was in Utah, mm-hmm. and I watched his first game. Outside of that, I hadn't seen much of the Kings. Uh, but yeah, I mean, look, I think that guy. The one thing about being older uh, for guys like him, he was a little bit older, is you should you should be able to dominate a little bit in the summer league, regardless of the fact that you're a rookie or not. Like when you have a little bit of age, that usually comes with a little bit more wisdom uh, and a little bit more calmness uh, in these moments where, you know, Davion doesn't have to worry about a contract, right? But a lot of these guys are out there hustling so hard and trying to make every perfect play and trying not to turn the ball over and trying not to make dumb plays because they know if they if they make a bad turnover, then it could be it for them. I think it does provide... Uh, guys that that have a little bit of age that that little space and they that they and it's it's pretty clear to see it. I mean the point that you made about the the difference between you know the top level rookies and the, and the second and third year guys that are there versus the guys that are just scrapping to mm-hmm. to make you know just get on the court you know, because there's a lot of guys that don't even see the court that are sitting right. on that bench or standing on that bench mm-hmm. uh so yeah the ones that come in in the second unit uh for most of the summer league teams it's like oh boy this is. <laughs> It's getting a little dicey out here, uh, but yeah, Davion, Davion, I think is going to be a great uh, contributor to the Kings.
0: Yeah, there was, so there was a few guys where like, I was taking notes during the games and then I put stars next to the guys that I'm like, yo, they're just ready. These guys are NBA ready and they're going to have an immediate impact as soon as they come And then, Obviously the guys that stood out, <clears throat> I mean, Cade Cunningham, of course, he looks good. He didn't have the best. Uh, I mean, he had a good second game against Jalen green, uh, Jalen, Jalen, also, Jalen Green, they've been going to, against each other in high school, right? Since high school, the one and two pick, there is some resentment. Jalen Green thought that he should be number one, and it could that could have happened as well. But what I see with this is there's going to be a huge rivalry, right? Like throughout the, their careers, and Jalen had such a uh, a good game his first game, and then he 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 did well in the Cade in the Cade matchup. But I just like that there's going to be a rivalry between these guys going forward. But Suggs to me was the most ready dude that I saw the whole time. He looked so good to me. Everything he did was good. He was just extremely professional. His handle is tight. He's got a sweet-looking jumper. Um, it's going to be a little confusing for Orlando, being that they got Suggs and Cole Anthony and RJ Hampton and Markel Fultz. You know, there's a lot of guards over there. But the Hampton-Suggs thing is real, like, intriguing to me. What do you, you see about from Suggs?
1: I think you hit the nail on the head with Suggs. He, he to me, was the most standout player that I got to see. I have not watched as many games as you uh, due to the travels that I was on, but uh, I think I, I got to see at least parts of two different games of Suggs. I, I watched most of, of one game, and the power that he plays with, right? You can tell that he was a football player, mm-hmm. right? But it, it's 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 weird because it's like a really good way. It's the best version of football player – that I've seen, right? Because when we when we hoop, you know, you, you can tell immediately who's a football player that played, you know, you know, varsity for a right. year or two of, of basketball.
0: Right. It's just
1: the, the way the style that they play. But uh, but Suggs brings that intensity of a football player and the physicality of a football player. Like when he's rebounding, bro, that is he's a point guard and he's he is not giving the ball up when he's rebounding. When he's blocking shots, so you can tell when he plays defense, he gets very physical. Uh, but I think his decision making is solid. I think RJ actually looks worse than Suggs already. RJ mm-hmm. Hampton did mm-hmm. not impress me as much as Suggs did. Mm-hmm. and But he impressed me more than Franz Wagner, who I think the speed of the game might be hitting him a little different right now. So we'll see what that looks like because I was really stoked for, for Wagner to go to, the, to Orlando too. Uh, but to me, Suggs is definitely going to be a starter on the Orlando uh, Magic this year. And I think Wagner's going to be coming off the bench, replacing like Isaac, Jonathan Isaac, if he can get back on the court and be healthy. Uh, Wagner's going to take a second. But I think also one thing that I heard about Wagner is that he grew uh, an inch or two recently. So maybe he's just still settling into his length and just getting coordinated. But he looked a little shook out there. But Suggs, man, oh man. I mean, honestly, right up there with, with Davion Mitchell for me, like ready. Mm-hmm. You, I, there's no other word. No he, question. Right now. And honestly, I mean... If I'm the magic, I I almost pull, I don't even want to play him anymore. I, I don't want him to get injured in the fucking summer league. So I'm almost pulling him because of how good he is and how ready he is.
0: He had a nasty tip jam too, which I wish could be a top shot, which we're going to talk about in a second too. Uh, yeah. Suggs just looks like he's ready. You can put him in, in implement him right now on, on any team and he's going to make an impact. And that's not to uh, dog uh, Jalen Green or uh, Cade, but I just thought Suggs looked better than both of them. Um, yeah,
1: I, I, I agree with that. Uh, I think Jalen Green, uh, you know, Cade, Jalen Green and Jalen Suggs, they're all different. They're all very different players, right? right? We, we can tell that. Uh, I think Cade is very relaxed out there. I actually really like his poise. Maybe a little too relaxed at times mm-hmm. um, and not aggressive enough, I think, at times. Uh, but I do think that's kind of indicative of the way that he plays. But I think Cade's also, he, he'll be good. He, yeah. He'll be very good. I think Detroit, unfortunately, is not going to be very good. But we'll <laughs> see what happens when they put it all together. Um, and Jalen Green's very impressive with, with how f- quick. He's very quick and fast. That first step, getting to the rim is a very unique skill that a lot of high school players are have developed in America very, very quickly and very well. Uh, And I think especially in comparison to like what you see from overseas guys, the the individual skills and, you know, those all the cross cross like behind cross spin move, and I'm laying it up and getting into my package. Like that stuff, America, we're putting we're pumping those out for the United States kids that are coming up. But Jalen Green. I don't know. It, it, there's also something about him that's a little wiry. He's kind of thin. Mm. So I think it's hard. It's a little bit of, of like Jamal Crawford going to the rack for me because Jamal is so thin and wiry. It's like he can kind of slip by people. And I think Jalen, his finishing at the rim is is phenomenal. I think, uh, you know, his jump shooting is pretty good as well. But uh, I, I like both those guys. I, I do think that Jalen Green, I mean, he got he, he got injured, right? He pulled a hamstring yesterday or something like that. Uh, So I don't expect him to be back on the court uh, for the rest of the summer league. Who knows if he's going to be back out there. But uh, I, you know, when, when, when the draft happened, I said, you know, those, those top three, Cade, Jalen and, uh, and Evan Mobley are all going to be really solid players. So I still think that nothing, nothing deterred me from thinking that. Um, And I think Jalen Green could be quite special for, for Houston, but I think for him, it's going to take him a little bit longer to develop. The full game. Now, I'm not just talking about going to the rim, right? Like setting up the offense a little bit, getting his jump shot down, playing defense, which Rockets probably aren't going to play any defense (laughs) this year. Um, But I think Cade and and Suggs and even Mobley might have better years uh, in in their all around game than than Jalen Green. I think Jalen Green might be the one who scores the most points. Uh, but I do think he has some room to grow. And I think that's an exciting aspect about Jalen Green.
0: Yeah, I, I really liked how they guarded each other, too. Pretty much the whole game, Jalen and, and Cade. And again, like there's billboards outside all through Vegas, like Cade versus, versus Jalen tonight, 7 p.m. It's like Pacquiao I'm like, Mayweather. <laughs> like, come on, guys. It is summer league, you know. Uh, another two other dudes that stood out to me was uh, Kuminga, Golden State. That was another one that I had, too. He he just looked so ready. His stroke is so nice. He's going to fit in perfectly with Golden State. I think he's going to get some burn. Um, I didn't get to see a lot of Moody, but I, I thought Kuminga looked really, really good. And I think with the veteran leadership in, in Golden State, he might get he, – he's, like, perfect for that for that situation. Uh, Kuminga and then your boy that we wanted to see, Sangoon, right? Yes, yes. I liked him. I like everything. Yeah, he's nice. He, he's nice. He, I, I like, he, he can spread the floor. He could shoot. His footwork's really good. Back to the basket, not bad. And I keep reiterating this. It is summer league. He's not going up against Giannis or anything like that. But I thought he was really good for an 18-year-old guy. You had mentioned Evan Mobley. I wasn't that impressed. I wasn't I, I wasn't impressed, but I know his upside is great. The game, I only got to see him play one game because um, he was in, they were in the Cox. I wanted to stay in, in the Thomas and Mac, but I went and watched him and in the game. I go watch he airballed two threes <laughs> and then blamed it on the basketball <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, but Kuminga and Sengun, both of them looked really well. And then second year uh, McDaniels, Jaden McDaniels, Minnesota killed it out there. And the only thing that's going to be odd is there's so much, I mean, I'm putting air quotes. There's so much offense, on on minnesota like guys that are going to be taking a lot of shots i don't i'm not too sure where Jaden's going to fit in but he's a bucket getter and he he looked really really good
1: yeah i i i'm gonna i'm gonna start with kaminga because that was the most surprising guy right to me right right? i you know he fell in the draft the warriors picked him off i thought it was a bad pick and he looks great Mm -hmm. out there fluid uh, decision making. Okay, maybe maybe some questions about decision making, but rebounding and then just bringing the ball up, taking taking jumpers, making mm-hmm. jumpers. You know, uh, athletically, right? He's right where you want him to be, and he he to me way outperformed Moody, who I thought was going to be the guy that the Warriors would would use more. And mm-hmm. that is, I I've never I don't think I've ever been more immediately wrong <laughs> than watching the two of them play on the same court together. I was just like, no 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 no. Moody's not, I mean, maybe he's under the weather or not feeling it or whatever. The intensity from him, I think, is not there. But Kaminga clearly seemed like he had something to prove. And I think he proved it to a lot of us. I mean, if you got to watch him play at all in some of the games, yeah, obviously he's not a finished product. But I think, you know, in comparison to like even James Wiseman, I think he's a little bit further ahead along the process than James Wiseman is. Uh, So that was very, very, very impressive. Um, considering what I had my expectations for him were. And, and yeah, he really jumped out to me, but Mobley, I, I, I want to talk about Mobley too, because he wasn't impressive. I watched a little bit of him uh, in two different games, but I, I don't want to necessarily blame him because he's the center kind of guy that I, you know, a lot of his offense is going to be dictated by the ball handlers that are helping him. And I don't necessarily think that they have a good rhythm with that, but I, I, I don't want to judge Mobley just off of this summer league, right? Right. You know, and I think for all these guys, like Kaminga, like how high we are on Kaminga and some of these other guys, that could be a complete, you know, <laughs> right. Let's uh, say I, what mirage. we're saying.
0: They need to take this with a grain of salt. That's why I keep reiterating summer league again. Bol Bol was the MJ summer league guy <laughs> last year. Okay, carry on, Drew. Sorry.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, and and so yeah, I think with the Rockets, they have green they they have sangoon, right he's on the rockets too, and then they also have Josh Christopher and garuba, and i haven't I didn't get to see much of Garuba he was in the Olympics he wasn't going to play in this right, okay, okay, so Sengun i uh, shengun was was very impressive to me, I think you're right though we'll see we'll see what that looks like against like nBA ready like nBA centers that are seven feet. We'll see what, what happens there, but his game is nice, but Josh Christopher was was electric out there so I mean like talking about a young core for the Rockets those three guys uh, and who knows how much Christopher will play for for the Rockets or not and we don't know what this Houston Rockets roster is going to look like It, it is so up in the air if you're if you're on the Houston Rockets summer league team that is a team where you should not be waiting for your moment Like if you, I don't care if you're number five on the bench or number 12, get the fuck out there and try your best and try, 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 because you can, if you would do one nice, have one nice quarter, you might actually make the roster this year.
0: It's funny you say that there was a dude on Orlando and I didn't even get his name, but he was number 45 on Orlando. And you could just tell that this guy was playing with the bleached hair. No, 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 no. That's the 29 year old rookie. That was just jacking threes. Um, this i don't think this guy played again after after this performance but every second he got in the game just give me the ball i'm gonna it, i saw him airball two, all <laughs> backboard take it to the rack get stuff like he was just it was so bad and we, me and our ceo scott just kept looking at this guy like wow dude and he didn't get back into the game um the rest of <laughs> the rest of the game so anyways continue
1: oh man uh but yeah so i i, I was surprised at at how good Jalen green was, but then Josh Christopher was like right there. And that was a guy that, uh, I think he went to Arizona state. He, he did well for them at Arizona state. And I, I remember thinking this guy's got next level ability. So I was, I was happy to see him land on the rockets. And I think, I honestly think he'll be on the, on the, on the NBA roster. Maybe, maybe they'll do a, you know, a G league thing with him, but I think he's, he's pretty solid too. Uh, the
0: last guy that really impressed me and I saved the best for last, uh, was our was my guy Jay Scrub on the Clippers? Uh, he's our twelfth man, if you want to say, and he was just cooking, cooking in the in the game that I got to see, very Harden-esque. And I'm not saying I'm saying that because he is a lefty, but was really really smooth with it. And again. Even your 12th man on your NBA roster is going to give buckets to anybody. And that's exactly what he did. We got to see uh, uh, Keon Johnson. I got to see Preston uh, play a little bit. But Jay Scrubb really stood out to me. He is a really, really good basketball player. And I think he's going to be fighting for some minutes uh, this season with with Kawhi being out. And we're going to talk about the Clippers in a a little while. But I was really impressed with Jay Scrubb. There's a couple dudes that did not impress me, though, Drew. And some people might be surprised.
1: Before we move on to the the, the non impressive, mm-hmm. I, I got a couple more that that did actually impress me as well. Is Naismith one of them? Yes, I mean yes, he's shooting the fucking lights out of the ball. He's shooting the leather off of the damn thing, right. the, the, uh, dude. Uh, the, uh, yesterday I got to watch the whole, pretty much the whole Boston Celtics game. They made nineteen fucking threes. Mm-hmm. They had hundred points, hundred plus points, like they. And he was alongside of like him and Pritchard are just like the just the the fantastic duo for, for the Boston Celtics right now. And they have another guy, Nuora, on yeah. there who's leading the summer league in scoring. He's averaging like 28 points a game. These are 10-minute quarters too, Drew. <laughs> yeah, that's what I mean. Like, And to get 100 points, we saw how hard it was for Team USA to get 100 points in 10-minute quarters. Uh, but that uh, the Boston Celtics sh- just shooting their asses off right now, which is, uh, I mean, that's got to be great for, for Brad Stevens to see that. Um, but Jalen Johnson, mm-hmm. who had a lot of question marks coming out of Duke after he left like mid season. Uh, apparently he did that every year after high school. Like he went to four different high schools, like each year he went to a different place. And so when Duke wasn't working out for him, he's like, you know what? Fuck it. I think I'm just going to bounce and I was going to go to the NBA, but he, uh, there was a lot of question marks about that because it's like a, that's a weird thing, right? You, you know, why would you go to Duke and then quit? Because, you know, Duke's having a bad year. That's, that's not the greatest look. Um, he's ready too. I think that guy, they got a steel kind of a, a bit of a steel there in Atlanta, but the last two Kai Jones and our boy Jello. Uh, that's what I want to talk about on the, on the Hornets. Those guys were very impressive. Kai Jones had the dunk of the season of, of the summer league season. So far he did. He kind of like the Deandre on Brandon Knightish kind of mm-hmm. a dunk. Gary Payton had one junior had a good one. And so
0: did uh, and so did Suggs. But I would do on one. That.
1: But I do think I mean the Kai Jones dunk that I saw. He was just in the lane and just just turned and jumped from like the dotted line mm-hmm. and just just completely threw it over somebody. And that was that's I'm just I'm salivating over Lamelo having that as an option, uh, as well as they got Kelly Oubre. I know we're dipping into, into free agency, but I think that was a great signing for the Hornets. By the way, Kelly Oubre is going to bring something to for that team that they don't necessarily have, like a scoring wing. Uh, But I'm excited for for the Hornets, and and Jello showed out, man. What did you get to see that? I think you I, did. Did you, you get to see the the, the, the blow up? For, yeah, for I Jello? was.
0: Look, I wasn't impressed, dog. No, you know, I think the funny. I think the funny thing is the the person that attracted the most fanfare was Jello. Like people, he sold out the arena for whatever reason it was, right? Like he's not even okay. I don't want to hate on Jello, but. He's not. He's not going to be picked up by an NBA team. He's not big enough. He's slow. Um, maybe yes, he'll he be
1: can, on the summer league team for the Hornets for the next five years. That, maybe I mean, that's just can, what. Maybe that's it. That's how I, they put asses in the seats.
0: I think he can play overseas. I think he can make yeah. a career for himself overseas. China,
1: China. Look, look at what Jimmer Fredette has done in China, and tell me if you can't get over. If, if Jello can't get over to China and average twenty points a game, mm-hmm. then then we know what's actually up. But he should absolutely. Oh well, I guess he's probably not allowed in China. He because he, he probably can't go back
0: to China. You probably can't go back. That's Turkey, fucked
1: up. Turkey's your option, Jello.
0: Turkey. I'm not. I'm not hating on Jello. You know he got the workout because of his brother who was there. They took the Puma jet. If you saw on our on our page, like him and him and Mikael Bridges, not Mikael Bridges, Miles Bridges, flew in on the Puma jet to come watch the game. Lavar was there as well. I just wasn't impressed, Drew. He's not big enough. He doesn't move fast enough, and I just didn't see. A sense of urgency, like I saw from other young players trying to make the cut on these teams, like playing their asses off. You know, I compared everybody to Davion because Davion was literally playing like it was the NBA finals in the summer league against whoever he was playing against. And I didn't see that from Jello. So I was not impressed by him. Yes, he had a, a really cool half court shot and he hit some threes in the first game. But I just it, it, it didn't push the needle for me it wasn't like oh well Charlotte needs to pick this guy up or they're going to really miss out I didn't see it and then I alluded to it earlier but I just don't think Mac McClung's ready for the NBA yet I think um, I, I just don't think he's big enough and may, uh, hopefully this comes up back to bite me because I like Mac McClung I loved him in high school I was a little uh, you know he, he switched schools twice, three times. Was it three times? Or no, twice? Just, just once, just, just Georgetown once. to Texas tech or whatever it was. Yep. That's what it was. Yeah. And then declaring for the NBA, I think he's a guy that could have used another year or two um, playing collegiately, but I just all, all that attacking the rim and getting to the bucket in high school and in college worked decently for, I mean, really well in high school. But in the NBA, these bodies are so much bigger, and I just don't think physically um, he's ready for the NBA right now. And, and, again, this is something that five years down the road can be totally different. I right. think scouts and his coaches will be telling him the same thing. You need to get bigger. I told you, Drew, I'm not I'm not lying. I swear to God I thought this guy was 14, 15 next to me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a child.
1: Um, I think so. I, I, I do think part of the reason that he left to go to the NBA is because his head coach left. Uh, the head coach of Texas Tech left after Shaka Smart went to uh, Marquette and Chris Beard, I believe his name is, went to Texas. And so I think, you know, Mac went to Texas Tech because he wanted to play for Chris Beard and they have they had a good program there. I don't know what they're going to look like now that Beard's gone. Uh, but, you know, after you know, the Patrick Ewing stint in Georgetown really didn't work out, he, he dips to go to Texas Tech. And then, you know, I think he was kind of on the fence probably about whether or not he should go to the draft or if he should stay another year. And then he finds out that his head coach is gone. He's like, well, fuck that. I'm just going to go. I mean, I might as well just go and and see what's up. And uh, he's another guy that I think could could go to China, could go to G League. G League, he could mm-hmm. go overseas, Australia. He'd go to a lot of places. I think he would perform really well because his athleticism is shocking for his stature. Yes, uh, like his his vertical leap is is one of the most impressive, uh, if not you know right up there with with your guy Keon, mm. um, because you know he he's he's your size, but he's dunking all types of ways. <laughs> he's got to be he's got to be forty plus inch vert on that, uh, and so yeah, I think I, for for Mac, it's all about. Uh, locking down his jump shot because as soon as he can become an actual threat from three, then guys will step up on him, makes it easier for him to go around and then he can jump in the air and try and dunk on, uh, you know, somebody. He was on the floor a lot too, though, Drew. That's what I'm saying is that that body
0: contact going against, we were talking, what's my boy's name that you were talking about? That was a former Laker, the big body. Tariq Black. Yeah. Like going against that guy is going to be very difficult, right? Yep. so I'm not saying I was unimpressed. I, I was just saying that, like immediately off the bat, I said I don't think he's ready, and that's kind of um, that's kind of how I felt about Jello. And it's just it's it's it was strange to me that like are the people coming to watch Jello play or are they coming in the hopes of seeing Lamelo, you know? And both. I think it's a little bit of both, right? Yeah, both. Um, But I don't think I don't think I'm wrong in in what I said. I think a lot of people would say the same thing. I just don't see him having an impact on an NBA team in the near future unless like if he was if he was three inches taller, maybe it could work. You know, I just it looked like to me, it looked like he was doing Charlotte a favor by being there, (laughs) you know, and that's just the vibe I got. And maybe I'm completely wrong, but I just don't think he's ready.
1: I think it, likes, it makes a lot of sense for them to throw him on the G League team, mm-hmm. right? That makes the Ball family happy. He doesn't have to be like the starter on the G League team, but get him out there and see what happens, and then and then and then we'll know, right? Like, and then everyone can finally see. Mm-hmm. All right, can you actually play at the G League level? And if he can, okay, fuck it. Maybe we'll give him a ten, days a 10 and let day, ten day, right? And let him run around for a couple games at the back end of the season and see if he can shoot a couple threes in the corner. Mm-hmm. But I, I mean, look, we we've spent too much time on him already. Yes. It's not worth talking about anymore.
0: All right. I want to talk about my favorite moment of summer league. I have two favorite moments. You do. Yeah. I have two favorite moments. First one was if you guys follow us, you know, I'm huge into NBA top shot. I told you guys that uh, top shot was going to be putting up a kiosk. and You know, when you think of kiosk, Drew, you think of like cell phone cover, like thing in the mall, you know, in the mall, that's what you think of a kiosk. This was a straight up pop up. Top Shot did it so well. We're talking big screen TVs. Halliburton was there getting his moments. NBA fans that have never even heard of Top Shot were lining up out the gate to get these moments. What they did was every, you had to be there every day. They did it for three days. And they were going to release one moment. It was the first IRL, the in real life moment, which they want to implement throughout the NBA. They want top shot at every single arena so that when you go to a game, you'll be able to purchase a moment from that game, an NFT, which I think will make the experience so much better. And you can just remember, it's kind of like, you know, I wish I had an NFT from from Woodstock. You know what I mean? I know pictures (laughs) are cool and shit like that. And they're going to implement them into concerts as well. But so whoever, you could only get these at the game. And you can buy up to 10 of them. People were only buying one. They were $5 a piece, right? And you didn't know what the moment was gonna be. The first NBA Top Shot moment in Top Shot history is Killian Hayes uh, for the in real life moments. It was Killian Hayes. Uh, You can get 10 of them, right? And then the second moment was RJ Hampton from the second day. And then the third day was uh, my stalker, Bol Bol, right? Uh, So you get three of these moments. now. Again, you could only get them at NBA Top Shot. Now, you're buying them for five. So I got 10, 10, and 10 both days. There was no reason for me to buy one or two. Each one of those, the the Killian Hayes, which the, the mint the, the mint size was like 2,000 because there was only 2,000 people that got those moments. Those sold, were selling, are selling for right now 70 bucks a pop, 70, 70, 70. Bingo. So sold five, sold five of those, kept five. Second one, RJ Hampton selling for 80. Sold 5, kept 5. Bowl bowl same thing. So I made a grip this nice. weekend a, a grip. And I'm keeping them cuz there are challenge rewards. Uh, sure sure sure. You're going to have to collect all 3 to maybe get the, you know, one of these exclusives. Uh, exclusive moments that I'm hoping that we get and then when there is a challenge the price of those uh, moments go up so i might be able to and I, I flipped a lot of those into big time clipper moments that i really wanted from the finals that and then there were four uh the western addition,
1: conference finals western,
0: i know but they're big <laughs> moments for me um because i try to collect all the clipper moments and i, I, I flipped it into some new lucas and some jaws nice. but I just want to say the Top Shot experience was great. We, I got to meet people within the community that I've been following and I listened to their podcasts and just they, the whole crew that was there put in a lot of work and a lot of effort and I really, really enjoyed it. And I'm, I'm just a super nerd when it comes to this. I really am. And the fact that, they brought in so many new users and fans, right? Cause the, people would just walk by and be like, what the hell is this, right? Why is there 400 or not 400? Why is there hundred people in line waiting to buy one moment, you know? right? Um, but if you're in the Top Shot community, you realize how important those moments are. And very it, was, cool. it, it was very cool, great experience for myself. So
1: did I, we, on the last one, your mission was to try and get in a top shot moment. Do we think that that you actually accomplished this? I season? got
0: in. I got into a, a Jello YouTube moment. Oh, uh, did you really? Yeah, me and our boy Combo. We had really great seats for that. Again, like the whole Vegas and COVID thing. Once I saw how many people were there, I really wanted my own space. Yeah, you know? and so I sat kind of far away. I mean, I was like 20 rows up, but I, it doesn't matter to me. I thought it was going to be, I also thought it was going to be like 10 different moments. So like the chances of me being in a moment was going to be higher. I didn't know it was going to be one. You didn't know what it Got was going to be either. You didn't right. find out until that night after the games are done. Oh, they're using Killian Hayes and then RJ Hampton and then Bull Bull. So either way, I really enjoyed it. It, it, it boosted me up in my top shot. I'm top 3% right now, which is hey. it's big. It's big. Um, but anyway, man, thanks. Thanks, Drew. I appreciate it. Um, my favorite moment after, um, Tuesday night's games, I'm with Babcock, Matt Babcock. I'm with our CEO, Scott. And it was a long day, long day of basketball, long day of talk, talking, networking. And Matt, whose dad we've talked about is Dave Babcock. The whole family is heavily entrenched in the NBA, uh, culture and, you know, he's he is head of player development for the Milwaukee Bucks. And so Matt's like, do you guys want to go to dinner? And I'm like, hell, yeah. Are you kidding me? Sign me up, right? So it's like 10 o'clock at night. We're at Del Frisco's. That's where everybody goes. Oh, Del yeah. Steakhouse, right? And I'm in my – dude, I brought three pairs of basketball shorts and one pair of jeans for the dinner that we went on Monday night with our whole staff, right? So I just brought – so I'm in follow-through tea, uh shorts and my brand blacks just – posted up with a hat on. I I was very underdressed. Yeah. But they immediately took to me, right? Cuz Matt introduces me as the as the the Clipper fan and it's like, "Oh, well, you're going to go sit over there." And it was like this little corner table with like one one seat. They're like, "You can sit over there while we go have our steak dinner, you know?" <laughs> Anyways, it was it was a couple it was a couple people from the the Bucks staff, player development staff and Dave Babcock and we spent Two and a half, three hours, four bottles of really good wine, steak, all of us just talking basketball, man. And the story, this is the shit I live for, Drew. You know I love this. Yeah. is just sitting down and listening to their stories of recruiting and being in Spain and who he's going to see in this small gym, hearing the story about finding Giannis and then – you know, it was just a great conversation for, for three hours with people that have been doing this for so long. Even Matt, like Matt knows what the fuck he's talking about. Of course, he's the one of the top scouts and and you know, people teams reach out to uh to bat all the time to, to talk about players and whatnot. But just the 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 stories that this man had, and I asked him, I'm like, Do you still love it? He's like, Man, I wake up every day, cannot wait to talk basketball and to That's see awesome. player. It is, man. And after four bottles of wine, like the, the, the jokes were coming. Yes. I, I kept saying fun fact. Like, I, you know how I like to say fun fact. You. And so that's how I labeled my email in the morning to Dave. He gave me his card said, hit me, you know, let's stay in touch and I'm definitely going to stay in touch with him. But I labeled the the email fun fact, had a great time last night. Talking ah, about I basketball love it. TV. I so, love that. That was my favorite moment from uh, from the, the the four days I spent there.
1: Oh, dude, that's so awesome! That is that's a great great dinner right there. Uh, and shout out to Matt Babcock, who's now like a, a part of the uh, the, the Italian uh, team. Nico, like, I which one?
0: Well, Nico's Nico. Nico wins. Well, so
1: yeah, so yeah, he he joins the the scouting staff, and then it, it seems like immediately brought Nico Mannion over. Yeah. Uh, to, to join this Italian team. So he's Nico Mannion is no longer with the Warriors. He went back. I mean, he did, he played for the Italian national team uh, speaks this, fluent Italian too. Yeah. He was, I'm pretty sure he was, he was raised there for, for a period of time uh, before moving to to Arizona. Uh, but yeah, big shout out to the Babcock family. That's, that's awesome. Let me ask you this. What steak did you order?
0: So again, there, a lot of this was a making fun of clips night. Cause uh and again they weren't laughing at me they were laughing with me because you know i i can take over a room sometimes drew Uh,
1: oh yeah every once in a while
0: every once in a while i could take over a room so i'm the guy that orders the caesar salad and crab cakes right i that's what i wanted i didn't didn't get a steak i didn't get a steak and 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 again i was on a budget all right i was on a budget (laughs) this trip and once i saw that third bottle of wine come i'm like all right uh (laughs) this isn't any this we're not drinking two buck chuck dude these are these are hundred dollar bottles uh and we're splitting this I'm, I'm doing it there's five people here i'm like okay so my cuts are doing the math <laughs> i'm like gosh oh, i'm like do you? they're like do you want some more wine i'm like yeah and then he orders one more bottle i'm like ah oh, shit maybe that was a really bad choice but either way it was worth the money it was worth the time i did not oh get a
1: man show. i love it i love hearing that i can't believe you didn't order a steak baby I know, that's
0: exactly I- what they said too hey of course it's the clipper fan that orders crab cakes at a steak shot at
1: a steakhouse
0: <laughs> steak <laughs> <laughs> um Hey, do you have any final thoughts? I know we kind of rambled on a little bit here, but.
1: Well, I do, but I want to talk about Kawhi, man. We got to talk about your Clippers.
0: All right, then we'll just do it. I I have my final thoughts. Okay, go ahead. And since it's been a while, we haven't recorded in in a little bit. um, Obviously, I have a Clipper take. In an era of super teams and players jumping because they're not happy and requesting trades and just trying to latch on to this ring chasing thing i'm not saying everybody does it but that's that's what they do now this is what happens players don't stay with their respective teams for for long right i mean some players do some players don't going into free agency after this season ended drew i wanted to run it back right and a lot of teams don't really get a chance to run it back and i want the 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 whole point of this final thought is to talk about our front office and the clientele that we have within the clipper organization our players right So we didn't have much money to spend in free agency anyways. And I don't, didn't think that we needed to add much. We were two games, two wins away from being in the, in the finals, playing in the finals without Kawhi Leonard. So first thing happened, Sergi Baca right off the bat, right? Could have taken, could have opted out and tried to get more money at 11 million. He opts in. I want to stay with the team. That's the first domino. Second domino is the second free agency. You're able to sign a free agent, uh, Nico, Nicholas Batum had offers from golden state, from Miami, from his former team, Portland. And he resigned with us. Um, it took a little bit longer, but Reggie got the deal made a one-in-one, uh, you know, another two-year deal for Reggie. He got, could have gotten more money going somewhere else, but chose to stay here. Like I thought he would do. And then when, when we all think you, me, Clipper nation, when we all think, It's going to be this Kawhi one-and-one to get that Supermax next year. Out of the blue, he signs a four-year deal with the Clippers, committing to the process and committing to our team. Yeah, Huge, okay? It's huge for us. Knowing that he's probably not going to play this year, he he might be ready for the playoffs. I hope that he is. But committing to the four years with the Clippers means a lot to me. And I posted something from Farbod last night who's the beat writer for the Clippers. And, you know, everybody wants to talk about, they want their, their own narrative about Kawhi. And I was a little upset on the, on the last pod saying that like, he, he owes us something, you know, like tell us something, give us some inclination of like, you want to be with the team. Right. And he's not a very vocal guy, but you know, everybody wants to talk about the medical staff, you know, Kawhi hates the medical staff. And so far about post last night, you know, Kawhi hates the the Clippers medical staff so much. He re-ups for four more years. So for us, Clipper Nation, I love everything. And then we have 5.9 million that we could have spent on one player, one, maybe two average players, you know, vet minimum guys. We flip the 5.9 in Justice Winslow, who is perfect for our offense, perfect for our defense, right? He gets hurt a lot, but shit, he's a really great uh, on-ball defender. He's a good teammate. He can rebound. And at some point, sometimes he can get you buckets, right? I love it. And then we sign... Our rookies, we signed Preston, we signed Keon Johnson, we signed uh, Boston, like we signed all of our young rookies who I think some of them are going to get some some minutes from us. Mm -hmm. I just I love collectively how everything went down. I love how we're going to run it back. And the fact that we have Kawhi and Paul George under contract for another four years, the fourth year is 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 an opt in or opt out for Kawhi, which is fine. That takes us that year, our arena will be done, right? 2024 is when our arena will be done. And look, it just means a lot to us because you don't get superstars. If history repeats itself, Clippers don't get to retain superstars for too long. So we've bought in, Kawhi has bought in, PG has bought in, our whole uh, crew from last year has bought in. And I'm I'm happy. It makes me a very happy Clipper fan.
1: Yeah, it was great to to finally see Kawhi committing to to, to some way or the other right finally uh and and equally important we talked about it a lot getting reggie coming back uh is going to be huge for this team for this year and i really like the justice winslow flyer you gave him a two-year deal it's not a lot the kid has a lot of upside i mean he before he got traded to uh to memphis i you know and and obviously before he got hurt I think he was really starting to hit some stride in Miami there for a little bit. I, I really like taking a swing for him because if it works, great. If it doesn't, okay, then we we tried it out. But I, especially for a year where you don't have Kawhi, that's a great guy you can bring off the bench uh, and, you know, having the second unit. I think at, at times you end, you might end, even end up starting him, uh, you know, kind of just based on the matchups. He'll get some starts.
0: He'll get starts.
1: Yeah, exactly. I mean, again, as long as he stays healthy and mm-hmm. and uh, and isn't just completely a shell of himself like that he was before, uh, he he does get injured a lot, right? But we'll see. We'll see what happens this year for him. I really, really like that because he can provide that wing depth that I think you need without Kawhi this year. So, yeah, I think the Clippers are doing quite well. And we also, I,
0: I forgot to say, sorry, we also guaranteed Terrence Mann another thing that we did committing to terrence guaranteeing his contract sorry
1: well that makes a lot of sense i mm-hmm. mean that guy that guy's gonna resign for a pretty nice chunk of change i think after next season really really solid i and and like you said running it back is great for this team long term having Kawhi and paul george at least under contract for another three years um because like you said Kawhi's fourth fourth year is a is a player option it's that's got to just bring a lot of relief to all the Clippers fans that were hearing all these rumors or just or hearing nothing also like about from Kawhi at all. Uh, and then, yeah, having Reggie take a discount um, to, to stay, I think was pretty impressive. I mean, who knows how much of a discount it was uh, or not. Uh, I kept thinking that the Pelicans would be in for him and, and Schroeder. And then we see, you know, Reggie take an $11 million deal and we see fucking Schroeder take a, a $6 million deal for the Celtics, uh, which I like, well done to Brad Stevens. What a, what a discounted rate to get that guy, a guy who really can help the Celtics and run point guard.
0: I love the fit. I think it's going to be fine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I do too. I mean, you know, there's been a lot of jokes and memes about like him turning down 84 million and picking up a a $6 million deal. And I feel bad because uh, I got to say if, if our season, if the Lakers season doesn't go as terribly at the end of the year as it did, he probably does get an $80 million deal from at least another couple uh, teams uh, or maybe even a $90 million deal, right? If, if we don't have a collapse the way that we did and he doesn't go like over in that one game, uh, <laughs> I think, I, you know, things can be a lot different for him. But I, it worked out beautifully for the Lakers. We didn't get handcuffed to this guy for $84 million. Uh, and I think he's going to end up in a spot where I think he can prove his worth to this celtics organization that will have a little bit of space to resign him if it works out uh, but also less point guards are free agents next year too right so most of the yeah. point guards have been signed at this point so he should be one of the top free agent point guards uh, available next year maybe he can get a, a deal from somebody
0: yeah i i i'm part of that meme squad that was posting memes because everybody was and they were kind of funny and you know I'm all for betting on yourself. And I said to you in a text, like when betting on yourself goes wrong, this is what happens. But the other thing is, is, is Dennis has made $70 million. Like he, he has, this isn't like he blew his, this was something that he completely blew. Like he's made his money and he can make it next year. If he has a good year, which he probably should, it'll turn into free agency where he can get paid. It, It was unfortunate that there was just so many other point guards and guards available at a cheaper rate. Uh, this in this off season. So, uh, I hope he plays well. And I think, I think he's going to be a good fit over there.
1: Yeah. And just to provide some perspective, like campaign for the Suns got three years and $19 million. Just to put that into reference for everybody, like $5.9 million for one year for Dennis Schroeder, who is a better basketball player than campaign. I mean, say what you want about campaign. Suns fans, I, I apologize already, but Dennis Schroeder is a lot better player than, than fucking campaign is. And they got him for, one third of what they're paying well, what about
0: what about haslam got five million for his no, he for got his... two
1: point he no he got two point uh two point four i think has Haslam, haslam resigned half he, he, of... he's gonna try and break vince carter's record i think i think he just wants to be the oldest can you guy just make
0: him a coach already miami just can you just Jawan howard his asked like what what is he really gonna do for you guys he'll be it's... in the locker room anyways like what the
1: hell yeah, I just think he, I think he doesn't know what to do with himself if he's not sitting on the bench. He's got to be on the bench. He can't he can't leave the arena. So yeah, I do think that transition may happen quicker than we expect for Haslam over the course of this year or next year. Who knows though? I mean, look, I hope he plays another two minutes and gets ejected this season. That's my whole hope is that he gets on the court and get, immediately gets ejected again. Um, he kind of going off of that. Kyle Korver is now an assistant coach for the Nets, which I thought was interesting because I'm pretty sure. They have a backup locker and a backup jersey for Corver. If Joe Harris shits the bed again, player will be coach. like, uh, we're actually going to sign Kyle to a 10-day to a and then roll that into a guarantee for the rest of the year because we need somebody because Joe Harris, uh, again, has lost his shooting arm and he can't find it. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the last thing I'll say is I, I you know, I had I had expected the Pelicans to go after one of those two guys, Reggie Jackson. Or Schroeder they did not there it seems like they're they're happy with what they got there well, and now that... what it means to me is is the biggest signing for the Pelicans is 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 Dan Tony is the biggest signing for the, <laughs> the fucking New Orleans Pelicans who have one of the the best young players that we've seen in a long time in Zion Williamson and they they did nothing other than sign Tony. so I am happy for that because I've been calling for Dan Tony to go down there because they need to figure this offense out and Maybe what it means is they're just going to let Zion bring the ball up. And they have Killian Hayes, though, Drew. Like, maybe they believe in Killian, you know? They do not have Killian Hayes. Not
0: Killian Hayes. Um, Kyra contestant. Lewis? Ky- Kyra Lewis. Sorry, not Killian Hayes. Excuse me.
1: Yeah. Um, maybe I mean, they believe in him. They paid a lot of money for Devontae Graham, and, mm-hmm. and they gave up a draft pick. So I'm assuming Devontae is going to be the starter because of what they, what they offered him. And Saderanski I think, as is, is a, is a really solid uh, backup, and I honestly think he'll probably give Devontae a run for his money for the starting position. And Kira Lewis is in there as well. Uh, but I, what I, the reason I, I'm saying this is because if Dan, if anyone can help figure out this offense, it should be Mike D'Antoni. Definitely. Um, and I'm, I'm just bummed out that it was, uh, you know, a year too late. I, they should have signed D'Antoni to the head coaching job last year. I guarantee Lonzo would have flourished. Ingram would have flourished. The defensive problems wouldn't have been a big deal because it would have scored 130 points a game. So, as underwhelming of an off season as the Pelicans have had, I think that's a big one for them.
0: Final thoughts for you?
1: Yeah, I have. I have a final thought. You know, it was really nice stepping away from the game of basketball. It's been a. It's been a long two years, right? We've been on our grind for two years, just like these NBA players have. Covering this shit, so many games that we've watched, uh, and it, we're Four we're very years, grateful true. that. What's that? Four years. No, I'm just saying the last two seasons. It's been a lot. You know, just like the players have had, you know, very little time off. Oh, okay. Yes. We also haven't had a lot of time off. And it's been nice to step away and, uh, and, and you know, just be able to, to go to Vermont and not necessarily have to feel like I'm missing out on a lot of things, uh, even though I, I would have loved to be at Summer League. But Team USA wins gold. Shout out to them. They did it. They fucking did it. Kevin Durant, uh, again, establishing himself as probably the best basketball player on the planet. Uh, what a performance from him and shout out to team USA for getting that done. Uh, I, I did want to say that after we had doubted them a little bit, everybody we, did. Yeah, no, I know. But I, we, I think we both still believed that they were going to win the gold yes. and they were good enough. And so that was good that they got the job done and uh, suck at France. Um, but my, my final thoughts, you know, are it's, it's taking me back because, and I, and I, you know, I apologize to uh, to the people that hate when I talk about soccer, but this one's going to be about soccer. Lionel Messi, probably the greatest soccer player, arguably ever. Uh, s- certainly, him and Ronaldo uh, are the best two that we've ever had in our generation. My generation has to leave Barcelona, and he, you know, a place that he had been to, and and I don't know for for seventeen years or something like that. He won thirty five championships in all different varieties. He's, he's like the leading scorer for everything. He has all the records and this fucking team can't figure out a way to bring this man back. And that is tragic. But what it, what it did for me was it made me really thankful that we as Laker fans got to have Kobe for 20 seasons. And we didn't have that moment where we let him slip through our fingers and we didn't have these things that went wrong. So it made me feel real sad for the Barcelona fans, especially because they weren't able to, there, it wasn't like Messi got to play a game full of a, a a huge crowd and they all got to wave goodbye to him and like say goodbye and have some closure. We got that, you know, Kobe got to retire. He dropped fucking 60 points in his retirement game. And and it just made me thankful that that I was able to to be around for all of Kobe's career and not have him, you know, because like you said, in the player empowerment era, guys are jumping ship. We see it all the time. And, you know, hopefully Steph and Dame can, can ride out the wave with those two teams and be that kind of guy. And, and maybe we'll have some other players like Luca and, and and others moving forward that stay. But that's just not the way that, that, uh, that the world of sports work. And especially in soccer, for those that are, are, are aware, uh, they know, if, if you're a fan of soccer, you know how quickly guys move from one team to the next. It's very rare to have a guy be on a, on a squad like that for that long. But I just wanted to say, when a generational talent like Lionel Messi leaves a club that he's been at for a long time, it puts a lot of shit in perspective, especially for those Barcelona fans, which I'm not a Barcelona fan. I'm a, I'm a Liverpool fan for those that don't know. Uh, but it was a, it was a sad fucking day when to see him leave and him crying on the podium. And it just made me reminisce. So, uh, you know, Messi, I wish you well in PSG. He's going to Paris. I'm sure he's going to have a nice life. They're, ma- they're paying him so much fucking money. Uh, I I and they're probably like the nets, if you will, the PSGs like the nets okay. of the soccer world. Makes sense. To give you a nice comparison. They have they have all these players that are like the best players on the planet, all in one squad. Uh, but yeah, it just made me thankful for Kobe Bryant and and for what the Lakers were able to do in, in making sure that we got him uh, for as long as we did. That's my final thought.
0: Well, I think that's a great final thought. And the only soccer I watch is Ted Lasso. And if you're not Fuck watching yeah. Ted Lasso. Watch Ted Lasso. It's Ted great. Lasso,
1: one of the greatest shows, <laughs> literally one of the greatest shows. And I, going off of that, you know, I like Little Dicky,
0: right? Uh, the rapper. Mm-hmm.
1: He has a television show named after him. His name is Dave Bird. His name of the show is called Dave. I don't have you seen this at all? Have you, it's you in, watch- it's been in my queue, man. It's been in my queue. Oh boy! Please watch both seasons. If you haven't seen season one, it's fantastic. Season two was some of the best television. Uh, That I've come across outside of Ted last Ted last is my favorite show, but outside of that, uh, I just finished season two of Dave and it was fantastic. It was phenomenal. So, so go ahead and watch that for all those people that are, that don't know. I I will tell you this. If you're new to to little Dickie, if you're new to Dave bird, uh, there's going to be a few episodes that are like, what the fuck is going on? But trust me, everything gets tied together and it's pretty fucking well done. I have to say that and shout out to, to little Dickie.
0: All right. Hey, um, we got t-shirts. I know a few of you have gotten yours. We appreciate you purchasing them. I, I got them on deck. The, the clips and drew character T the follow through T we got a bunch new ones coming out. Uh, well, we're going to be back next week. I don't know what we're going to talk about next week, but we're just going to keep this going, Drew. This is what we do, right?
1: Yeah. this is what we do, man. This what is, this is the, the rise and grind time.
0: Uh, hit us up with a review. Let us know when you're listening to the show. Subscribe if you're you're not already. But, you know, support your boys. We're over here grinding. Uh, We'll be back next week, episode 204. It's the follow through with Clips and Drew. And we are Ghost. You know what it is. You know what it is. You know where you're at. This is the follow.